Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome, my friends, to the Friday edition of Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour. If you would like to be part of the program today, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800 800- Eight four eight nine two two two. Where to start? We still have the shooter in Maine on the loose. Susan Collins, the uh, senator from Maine, senior senator from Maine, has said that uh, this this mass shooter should have been flagged because of his mental illness. That is something that we discussed yesterday. And the commissioner of police and uh, the head of Maine's Department of Public Safety says he's heavily involved in the yellow flag conversation, but the reality for today is he's not going to talk specifically about who knew what, when. They're actively involved in, <clears throat> excuse me, in trying to get this guy off the street, off the, well, street, who knows where he is. He could be anywhere. And there's another article today in the New York Post by Mark Siegel. Massacre shows how Maine and nation fail to deal with the violently mentally ill population. And yes, this is true. We also discussed this yesterday in depth. And it is a conversation that is going to reoccur because there is no attempt being made to deal with the alarming problem of increased mental illness in our society. From the Daily Mail today, an exclusive Joe Biden's Democrat challenger. He does have a challenger now. This would be Congressman Dean Phillips. There's a story that the congressman who has announced he's running against Joe Biden has received a maximum campaign donation from GOP from the Republican mega-donor Harlan Crow, known for lavishing expensive gifts to Justice Clarence Thomas. He and Clarence Thomas are friends. And the media and that group, pro-pubic hair, that group of uh, journalists, pro-pubic hair, have been trying to make a big deal out of it, that they're friends. Anyway, Harlan Crow gave $2,800 to Phillips' campaign in 2019. 19. That wasn't even, they're not even talking about this cycle. So they're going back and dredging up this like Harlan Crow is supporting Dean in this, and in, in Mr. Phillips in this race. Disingenuous. Robert Kennedy Jr., by the way, has had two incidents, same person at his house, an intruder trying to, a a, a would-be intruder trying to breach security and get to his house. This is the third incident within the last few weeks. If you remember, he was at a campaign event and guy tried to get through who was armed. 
Robert Kennedy Jr. still begging the Biden administration for Secret Service protection. The Biden administration still refusing, despite the political deaths that have occurred in the Kennedy family, to offer Secret Service protection to Robert Kennedy. They, he must have a reason. He should tell the American people why not. Because every, everybody with a modicum of common sense is saying, hello, wake up. You should be providing Secret Service protection for Robert Kennedy Jr. Back to the campaign of Dean Phillips, Minnesota representative. The race card has been pulled already. Now, usually the Democrats and liberals reserve playing the race card until a Republican does something. Then out comes the race card. In this instance, Democrats... Some Democrats are playing the race card on Minnesota Representative Dean Phillips because, why? Because he dared to file to start his campaign in the New Hampshire primary. ABC News. He's skipping a very diverse state to go to a non-diverse state one senior black Democrat who requested anonymity to speak candidly told ABC News, I think that's a telltale sign of where your values are. Oops, the race card has been played. Let me translate the sentence in everyday parlance. He's skipping a black state, South Carolina, to go file and go campaign up there in a white state, New Hampshire. That shows he's a whitey racist. That's what the senior black Democrat told ABC News, who dutifully reported it. The race card has been played. Phillips' team did not respond to a request for a comment for this story. In other words, ABC News called, so hey, hey, Phillips, we're going to get ready to call you a racist tomorrow. You got anything to say about it? And he said, no, I'm not going to respond to that. Now, Mr. Phillips said last year, he said he thinks the country would be well served by a new generation of compelling, well-prepared, dynamic Democrats to step up. Back at that time, he said he had respect for Joe Biden. I think he has, despite some mistakes, some missteps, despite his age. I think he's a man of decency, of good principle, of compassion, empathy, and strength. Yeah, he said all that then, but now he's running against Joe Biden. And so what is the first thing that happens? Biden campaign sicks the black guys on him. It's like it's like it's like hey they tell the, they tell their <clears throat> I was about to say a word that could get me in trouble um so let me try to find another word very quickly they tell their political lackeys who happen to be black you go out and sick him go out and play the race card on him and they went out and played the race card on him how dare him want to go to New Hampshire which by the way Uh, has a legal requirement to be the first primary state, despite what Democrats are trying to do, which is to take away New Hampshire voters' right to vote first in the primary season and elections. And they're doing it because of race. So the first thing they do, they go get the black guys 
to go sick on Phillips and try to pretend he's a racist. Their own guy, a Democrat. This rarely happens. Like I said, they usually reserve the race card for the Republicans. This time they're pulling it on one of their own. The senior unnamed black Democrat suggested that by avoiding South Carolina, Phillips would be dodging scrutiny and questions from the sizable share of black voters there. Oh, in other words, in other words, black voters would ask Mr. Phillips questions that the white folks up in New Hampshire won't ask him. What questions those would be? We don't know. Never specified. And then here, add more fuel to the fact that he's a racist honky. Phillips has also not consulted the Congressional Black Caucus. He didn't get on his hands and knees and go and prostate himself before the Congressional Black Caucus before taking on Joe Biden. He didn't come to find out from the Congressional Black Caucus, an influential group of colleagues, when it comes to getting a better understanding of the constituency. In other words, he needs to become educated on black people. He's a Democrat, but he doesn't know anything about black people. He needs to go prostate himself before the Congressional Black Caucus so he can find out from black people what it's like to be black, even though he's never going to be black, because he's not, because he's a white guy. So here we go. Race card 101. (laughs) I love it. Democrats playing the race card on one of their own. All right, let's move on to more serious matters. Because that's a joke. Biden appointed U.S. attorney admits, admits he declined to prosecute Hunter for tax crimes and says it was because he was too short-staffed, didn't have enough lawyers to pursue the case. Now, really, this is the United States Department of Justice. California U.S. Attorney Martin Estrada confirmed claims by whistleblowers that he declined to prosecute Hunter Biden for tax crimes. They knew Hunter committed tax crimes. They refused to prosecute him. We keep talking about the two-tier justice system. Here it is. Admitted to. Yeah, we knew he committed crimes. We didn't prosecute him. Well, why not? Well, Mr. Estrada says, we didn't have enough lawyers. And we, we were now let that let that resonate with you. The government doesn't have enough lawyers. The Department of Justice doesn't have enough lawyers to spare enough lawyers to do a high profile case against Hunter Biden, the son of the president of the United States. We can't find enough lawyers to do that. These are the same guys. The same guys who after January 6th arrested hundreds and hundreds of people, and they found lawyers. The DOJ had enough lawyers to make sure that they all got prosecuted. They found them using Facebook. They found them using Instagram. They found them using snitches. They found them any way they could find them, and as soon as they found them, they got them in that courtroom, and lo and behold, there were DOJ lawyers ready to just say, you people are going to Yale, and no, J- Yale, jail, and you're not coming out. 
If we had our way, we'd put you in there for life. Too bad we can't put you in front of a firing squad. But they didn't have enough lawyers at your Department of Justice. So says the guy in charge of the Hunter Biden case. They didn't have enough folks. They think you're stupid. They honestly treat you, the American people, like you are stupid. That you would believe this pablum. We didn't have enough lawyers to prosecute Hunter Biden. Turning our attention to New York. The day after it was announced that the radical congressman from New York, Jamal Bowman, who pulled that fire alarm in the nation's capital while they were getting ready to do the speaker's vote, he they, he, he took a guilty verdict. He apologized. He went with the this claim, oh, I thought it was an emergency door, blah, blah, blah. The day after all of that was settled in court, guess what? They released more video. The video shows this guy picking up the signs. He kept saying he was rushing to try to get to the vote. He picks up one of the red signs, tries to open the left door. Then he turned and pulled the fire alarm. This guy says he didn't intend to pull the fire alarm. It's amazing. He's supposed to be making an apology. But the day after, they get then they release the other evidence that shows this guy pretty much knew what he was doing. Next story. U.S. Attorney, this is another one, they got plenty of lawyers there at the Justice Department. Another one of the U.S. attorneys says the probe of the Biden-Ukraine ties were hamstrung by the DOJ and FBI. What does that mean? The U.S. attorney assigned to look into the the Biden family deals where they got millions of dollars from Ukraine told House lawmakers that the DOJ, Merrick Garland's Department of Justice, and the FBI significantly hobbled his investigation. In other words, I keep saying in other words, because let's be, to use a phrase that was used by President Nixon a lot, let's be perfectly clear. I want to be perfectly clear about this. I want to be perfectly clear here what we're saying. Scott Brady, who was the U.S. Attorney for the Western District of Pennsylvania, described to lawmakers in a closed-door interview yesterday that the top brass of the FBI showed intense interest in his investigation of the Bidens. The Bureau tried to slow it down and halt his investigation at every turn. So here you go. They knew the Biden camp. What are they doing? The Biden family weaponized the DOJ, FBI, to run interference. We just heard the case. They, they didn't have enough lawyers to deal with Hunter's tax problems. And now when they're looking into the Biden family, Ukraine stuff, oh, no, no, the FBI interfered and tried to slow, make sure they slowed walk the investigation and didn't get any. This organization is corrupt from top to bottom. 
And every day we get more proof of it. Birthday today. Simon LeBond. Vocals for Duran Duran. Here on WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden. Bo Snurdly. It's our Friday Rush Hour. Coming back. Right after this. Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush on 77 WABC. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. Oh, yes, back in the early 70s on this date. Gladys Knight. And the Pips. Those are the Pips. Started their run at number one. With this one. Midnight Train to Georgia. Yes, indeed, on WABC. Newsweek is saying that uh, Trump supporters are excited by what a new filing has uh, indicated, a new court filing into this case of the 2020 elections. The indictment in this case adopts classified assessments by the intelligence communities and others that minimize and at times ignored efforts by foreign actors to influence and interfere with the 2020 election. In other words, yes, here he is again. In other words, in other words, Trump is going to offer classified information related to the Russian collusion hoax at his trial. So this could be interesting. Maybe we'll hear the name Hillary. Maybe it'll start going upstream from there, and we'll learn the players in the Obama administration behind this Russian collusion hoax, and it will all be under oath, all introduced as evidence. Donald Trump went off on social media, all caps, talking about the judge in the New York case. He has gone crazy in his hatred of Trump. This is after he got fined $10,000 for violating with this phony gag order. Trump is just not, he's not shutting up, and good for him. He has a right to speak, and we shall see. He may get in even more hot water with the judge on this one because he's just not going to let it go. He is going to speak his mind. And I can't wait till these things get to a higher court 
and hopefully Donald Trump's constitutional rights to free speech are acknowledged in the courtroom. In Colorado, a judge there has rejected an effort by former Trump to throw out a lawsuit seeking to keep him off the ballot by invoking the 14th Amendment. Short story on that one. 14th Amendment covers insurrection. Liberals are saying, oh, Donald Trump was involved in this insurrection, therefore he can't be on the ballot. That has already been thrown out in some courts, but you're out in Colorado now where you have District Judge Sarah Wallace, and she's letting this one go through. The suit was filed by a Washington, D.C. group composed of a bunch of Clinton hacks in the beginning. I don't know whether they're still with it. Call, they call themselves the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, which is a ethics with a bunch of Clinton hacks, really. We've got other news. Some of it we will get to on tomorrow morning's Saturday morning radio extravaganza, where we have more time, turning our attention to Israel for the moment. Israel has let fly the bombs. Gaza is being, as I prepare to come on the air, news footage of what is going on in Gaza, it was like shock and awe. For those of you who remember the camp, the early Iraqi war, when they first introduced the shock and awe, and they showed the skyline ablaze, that is what Gaza looked like earlier this evening in Israel. And apparently they're dropping uh, the bunker buster bombs. Those are the ones that can explode underground. And they're doing that in an effort to take out some of these miles and miles of tunnels that Hamas is using. Another story today from Reuters, and some of you are going to say, see, see, I knew it, I knew it, and this is what it's all about. Here's the headline. Ukraine war orders start to boost revenues for big U.S. defense contractors. See, see, yeah. The big defense contractors are starting to make the money. We have back orders of U.S. weapons because a lot of weapons were sent over to Ukraine, Lockheed, General Dynamics, the military-industrial complex. You've heard that phrase before, haven't you, Diego? The military-industrial complex. Yes, I have. You know who came up with it? Uh, No. It was a, how about, I know you must know, Mr. Meany. Who came up with Hold on, I think. Don't Google it. I'm not Googling it. I want to say it was Eisenhower. You are absolute, I am so proud of you. Thank you. There you You go. You are 100% right. It was President Dwight D. Eisenhower, who himself was one of the most celebrated war heroes in America. The Allied Commander, the Supreme Commander of Allied Forces in World War II, who then became president, and he warned the United States of this growing military 
which is so odd for him to be the one to do it, given his background. But he gave a warning to America to be very wary of the military-industrial complex. And so when people hear this story, Ukraine war orders start to boost revenues for the U.S. defense contractors, many people are going to go right to that. Yep, that's what this is all about, profits, money. They're not wrong. I mean, there are profits in war. Some people, and this has happened since the beginning of time. Weapons cost money. Those people who make money do very well in wartime. Schindler was a war profiteer too, wasn't he? There are a lot. I believe so, yes. There are many war. I mean, the number of war profiteers throughout history, you'd fill volumes of books. Uh, Israel is saying, by the Israel is saying, by the way, to expect a very long ground war. They're telling people again, they were out to destroy the tunnels, and they are going to destroy Hamas. Putting it on the table again. This is not going to be a one, two, three, quick and easy out. This is going to take a while. I have saved all of the stories, and I have them here. The stack is massive on the new Speaker of the House. Oh, yeah, you know who that is. Well, I don't know on this day in 1964, 31-year-old Salvador Philip Bono married 18-year-old Sherilyn Sarkeesian Lapierre. They started singing together. They performed first as Caesar and Cleo. That didn't make it. They went to Sonny and Cher. Stayed married 12 years. A lot of hits. Cher was in the paper the other day. She's got some boy toy. Some guy that's like, I don't know, like he's, what, it's half her age or less? And she was saying the other day that this guy doesn't understand half the things that she refers to because of the age difference. However, I bet there's one thing that he totally understands. And I'll just leave it there. WABC Talk Radio 77, Most Nervous Rush Hour, coming back right after this. is the rush hour with Bo Snerdly. Bo Snerdly. It's the rush hour with Bo Snerdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snerdly. Rush. Now here's Bo Snerdly. Well, that'll be the day. 1957. The Crickets. Number one with this one. On WABC Talk Radio 77. 
The mainstream press is finally catching up. They were caught flat-footed with Mike Johnson's elevation to Speaker of the House. They didn't know the guy. They found a few quotes within the first few days. Now they're research teams. The research teams that can never find anything on Joe Biden, despite years and years to do it. Their research teams have been busy at work pouring through everything about his life, and they are mad. They are they they can't believe what just happened. New York Times editorial board. Trumpism is running the house. <laughs> okay, uh, the three week battle to choose a House speaker may be over, yet the fallout for the United States and its reputation as a sound government and a beacon of democracy will be long-lasting and profound. The evil, they didn't say that, they just said the Republicans. The evil Republicans in the House unanimously voted for a man who made it his mission to try and overturn the 2020 presidential election, who put the political whims and the needs of Donald Trump ahead of the interest and will of the American people. Now that is, this is the way that they all, in the mainstream press, try to portray what happened in 2020. And it is wrong. Many of you, like me, sat up that election night, and we watched the returns. And Donald Trump was leading in the polls. And and the votes, not the polls, he was leading in the count. Then, in several battleground states, the voting stopped. The return stopped coming in. And there were various explanations given, and none of it made sense, why they had to stop counting the votes. When the voting resumed, hours later in some cases, all of a sudden... Everything started to shift. Donald Trump was no longer leading. Joe Biden was just gaining and gaining and gaining, and he was running the board in every one of these states. And, of course, Trump voters looked at this and said, what WTH? Some of them said WT, another letter, but WTH, what gives here? And then... There were all these reports of what was going on. There was a video that came out of Atlanta, out of, out of where Fanny is right now, persecuting Donald Trump. And the video and the news stories, and I remember because I dug into the news stories, the news story said that there had been a water main break and that it had affected the area, and so the counting had to stop for a few hours. And then the video showed something strange. People were reaching under desk. They started pulling out these, these, what looked like to be these huge crates and started counting ballots from them, or what appeared to be ballots from them. And people said, this is bizarre. We had come to find out that the Republicans had all gone home, the, the vote watchers, because they were told, hey, we're shutting this down. When they left, the other people stayed in there and were counting. 
Now, the left debunked that video, and then Molly Hemingway, bless her heart, did a brilliant counter in The Federalist, and it's still up if you want to read it, debunking the debunking of the video. But yet, these people all insist, hey, everything was on the up and up, everything was square in that election. Donald Trump to this day will not ever say anything other than it was stolen from him. Because this is what he honestly believes. And there are millions of people around this country, half the Republicans in this country, half the voters almost, believe that there was something funky in that election going on. So for the New York Times and all these liberals to sit here and say, oh, that, 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 that this man, the new speaker, put the whims, and it wasn't a whim. There are deep-seated fears in this country that the election process has been corrupted. And the leftist press, the leftist politicians will never deal with those fears or deal with the truth about what happened that night and explain away in detail every single one of these instances that has people upset. And they can keep on. This is how they do things in Russia. This is how they did things. If the if the state press, back when we were kids, we used to hear news reports all the time about what was going on in Russia. And then when you got a little older and we were able to start looking and get news from Russia itself, I remember reading the translation of Pravda and TASS. The Soviet news agency, TASS, the Soviet news agency, Pravda. And their public was being told nothing of what was really happening. It was being reported by foreign press, but it was not being, it was not being shared news, honest news with the Russian people. And that's the same thing that now has happened in America. There's a lot of re- honest reporting about the 2000 election, and I am not getting into this whole voting machine business and all this stuff. I'm just saying there were problems that have not been addressed. And there is a lack of confidence with at least half the electorate about the way the election was run. But yet, anybody, you look in the mainstream press, everything was hunky-dory, tickety-boo. No problem. So they can keep on in this delusion all they want to, and they can keep, yes, Lisa, please try to get Molly, and please tell her that's what I want to talk with her about. And I will hold this article aside. Because this is what has happened here, and the way the Democrats still frame this is a shame. Republicans, and this is from the Washington Post, their little slogan, which I love, is democracy dies in darkness. Well, at the Washington Post, journalism dies every day in broad daylight. This is a column by Megan McArdle in the Washington Post. Opinion, Republicans and Democrats share blame for the speaker fiasco. And she talks about the Democrats that basically could have saved McCarthy in this. There are so many other stories. We will get to some of them tomorrow. They're going back 15 years to find statements that Mike Johnson made about gay marriage. And you know what? You know what? 
Those are his religious convictions. And we live in a country, believe it or not, for those of you that never studied history, that was founded by people who came here in search of religious freedom. The right to practice their religion and to worship God in the manner that they saw fit. Now, the Speaker of the House has defended, calling, this is the Daily Mail, homosexual relationships inherently unnatural and same-sex marriage, the dark harbinger of chaos and sexual anarchy. He made those remarks 15 years ago. He hinted cross-dressing as a bizarre choice that doesn't deserve protection and that a same-sex union is a moral lapse that can doom even the strongest republic. He said those things 15 years ago. You know what? He said them out of his religious convictions because that's what the world, and not just Christianity or Judaism, that's what the world, if you go look at religions around the world, this was a common belief in almost every single religion and every single spiritual belief in the world. As recently as 15 years ago. So now they're trying to, Democrats, they are upset. They're going and looking at remarks that Speaker Johnson made back then, and they're saying, oh my gosh, how could this man have ever been elevated to the speakership? I got news for you. That's what most of the country thought then. And it wasn't that long ago. Now the Speaker said he loves people regardless of their lifestyle choices, all people. Can we take him at his word at that, please? Is that so impossible to do? Time for us to check in with Lou Dobbs. I'll have more on this speaker tomorrow on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. And we are going to cover it in depth. Birthday today. Peter Dodd from the Thompson Twins. With this one. And you know it. Hold me now on WABC Talk Radio 77. Look at our life now. Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Bo Snerdly. On 77 WABC. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snerdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Rush. 1966 was the year. Four tops. Across the pond were number one. With this one. Yes, indeed. Reach out for me. 
James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. And we get started with Robert in Brooklyn. Thank you for holding. Robert, what is on your mind this afternoon? Yeah, thanks for taking my call. First of all, Mike Johnson, that's a big victory for MAGA. Some people said, why even try? We'll get someone maybe the same old, same old, but it seems like we, we have to actually try, and you never know. We could win. Uh, number two, I said someone fooled me. Number two, Israel, they sustained all those people dead, 1,400 dead, over 5,400 injured, 233 hostages about. And in, in the United States, you have Jewish people, only 2% of the population, but more than 50% of the victims of religious hate crime. The moral is that, you know, Jewish people, they need to do everything they can, and everyone, but especially Jewish people, to protect themselves. And then you have the situation in Maine that they, they should not use, let that be abused to try to take our Second Amendment rights, but even to, to, to mental health. They should not let it be weaponized because they were trying to accuse Donald Trump of being mentally unwell, and they were going to try to take him out of the presidency. Look, I, I understand what you're saying, but let me tell you something. If we do not get a handle on mental illness, and if people, a, a person like this who is a schizophrenic, there's no way that this guy should have been able to have the kind of weaponry that he had. Now, I understand people that have fears about this, but we have to be realistic, too. We cannot have these kind of weapons in the hands of mentally ill, deranged people. And we have laws that prohibit it. And somebody needs to get to the bottom of how this guy was able to have access to this weapon when, according to the laws on the books, he was known to be mentally ill and violently mentally ill, not just mentally ill. He had threatened to shoot up a location before something we, we cannot tolerate this adam in mineola you are up next how are you adam hi how you doing sir i just want to say that that guy that shot those 18 people up in maine he's a terrorist just like the palestinian terrorist to me what do you say bo absolutely but he is a mentally deranged violent person and we and and again we need to start getting a handle on mental illness in this country it is a real thing it is real adam i know you're going to be brightening up early tomorrow for the saturday morning radio extravaganza and i look forward to speaking with you more right you yes you know that come on man i do know it thank you adam rick in new jersey you are up next James, you know they want this stuff to happen so they can push their take-away-the-guns agenda. Anyway, I want to recommend Duran Duran Ball Confusion. If you haven't heard, it's a great cover. Oh, man. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate I have not heard it. So I want to hear it. So thank you, Rick. I appreciate that. Sandra, in New Jersey, you are up next. Good, good afternoon, James. I was reading an article that um, Megan Kelly wrote, and she was basically saying, that she feels these Jewish students that stayed in the library because they were fearful of the pro-Palestinian protesters, she feels that we should be going out all over the place and showing our faces and not being afraid. I know that's easy to say, but it's not so easy to do, and I wanted to get your opinion on that. When you have a mob of people, especially on these campus uh, campuses, these deranged leftists, you are taking your life in your hands. And and they had every right, in my view, and I love Megyn Kelly, they had every right to be fearful for their lives. These people on the left 
are unhinged. Viviana in Brooklyn, New York, you are up next. Thank you both for taking the call. I want to send out an SOS. It, those who can get in touch with the mayor's office, um, they are, have approved a one of those rallies uh, for pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas in Crown Heights tomorrow. And they want to march all the way down Eastern Parkway. This is, this is asking for a confrontation between the two, uh, those pro-Hamas people and uh, the people in those neighborhoods. And Rudy Giuliani, was, Rudy Giuliani was talking about that on his program, and you are absolutely right. And the mayor had better be aware of what's going on here and be ready. Very quickly, I want to get to Ross. Ross, you have 20 seconds to make your point. Okay, Barack Obama at one point held the same views in terms of gay marriage and homosexuality, and he was allowed to evolve. Robert Byrd was in the KKK, and he had a, he was absolved of all his past, and that's fine. But Donald Trump, how many times did he have to explain that he was not a white supremacist? How many times? Amen. And he was never a white supremacist. He didn't have to evolve because he would never was what they're calling him. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your family, your loved ones in these most troubling times. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. We will be back in the morning at 7 a.m. for Boston Early's Saturday morning radio extravaganza and hope you're here. God willing. We'll see you then. Bye.